Well, it's another beautiful day in podcast land over here. How about you? Yes, better weather than a lot of memories I can recall of our late winter, early spring recordings where we bantered about the weather and temperature. To be consistent, what's yours? Temperature. Suppo- uh, that I'm a- unaware of. I know yeah, it's supposed to be right raining, now. but it's not. Got in the mid-90s yesterday, so this is summertime for everybody. And uh, it's it's humid, like it's supposed to be where we're located. Is it? Good swimming pool day. <clears throat> well, I was going to let you know, because we've talked about this before. I finally bit the bullet and purchased me a turntable. Mm. So now it's time to go down the... Um, rabbit hole time. The rabbit hole and wallet emptying task of collecting vinyl. Do you have a I wouldn't used say so. Where you can yeah, get, like, we have a few, but they're not like they used to be. I think more people have gotten into it because it's trendy or whatever. Right. Um, and so the selection was not fantastic at the one I went to. But I didn't want to go into the big city proper right now with what's going on. I will say I got a pretty good one. Um, it's not a, it's considered a reference line, but it's not like an audio file. Um, it's a, it's a Fluence 85, which has got a pretty good cartridge on it. Um, but with all that being said, I don't know, I still don't know that all things being taken into consideration, that vinyl can be called better than digital. Just different. And it sounds different, and I like it. I do, the one thing that is neat about it, um, I have an old 1970s um, Pioneer, I'll just, it's an SX980 for those that give a crap about any of this, um, stereo receiver. Um, it's got, you know, phono input and all the other stuff. Um, it has a lot of knobs and filters and buttons and all the things cool stuff. that I've never had to use because I've always listened to the radio on it, the st- you know, FM, or I've had a MP3 player plugged into it or some kind of Bluetooth thing where I streamed MT- MP3s to it. I have found that with different vinyl records, I don't know if it's the records themselves or if it's my phono amp inside the stereo, that I have to fool with those buttons and switches a whole lot more to get it to sound what I want. The biggest thing, um, two biggest things are, and I remember this from being a kid now, I had forgotten, is the S's are very sharp sounding. Mm. And I remember that on record players back in the day. Uh so I used a lot of those filter buttons more and adjust the treble and bass a lot more and a lot of those switches. And the other thing I have noticed, which I thought maybe was my phono preamp, but I have found it to be different on different records, is I have to fool with the balance more. So I don't know if that has something to do with the grooves on the record. Um, it's a brand new cartridge, so I don't think it's that. I think it's just maybe the record itself. It could be the pressing or it could be how it's been worn. Who knows? But I'll have to like... The left channel will be really quiet, or it's the right channel's really quiet. So I have to adjust balance accordingly. But anyway. Have you found the other nuances taking, well, it's a modern player, so probably not. But I was just thinking while you were describing all that, the older head unit, if you will, do you have to have any like hacks or work-betweens to, say, the MP3s and all that stuff as far as connecting? Or is it basically just hooking up an auxiliary? You just hook it to auxiliary. Okay. So I don't know how much of a tech guy you are with receivers um most standard inputs go in at a certain voltage um and it's pretty much the same all the way across the board mm-hmm. um whether it's an a cd player a tape deck whatever an mp3 player they all go in at a certain voltage and they require x amount of um 
amplification in, in stereo. Phono goes in like at, I don't know, it could be one thousandth of a voltage. Like it's really slow voltage, really low voltage. So um, Imagine that's less interference. I'm not sure what the – I haven't looked up the science on that. but So a lot of modern um, record players that you would buy, like an Audio Technica or whatever, will have a built-in phono preamp inside the machine, inside the record player, mm-hmm. and then you can plug it up to a standard aux jack that way. But if you have a phono input on your stereo, it's, it knows that your phono record player doesn't have an amp in it because that's what you buy the amp for. Um, so it has a, it has a phono amplifier built in and the regular amplifier in the stereo. So that being said, you cannot plug a phono, a regular turntable or record player into a stereo that doesn't have a phono preamp unless your record player has a phono preamp and you can't plug up like a, something that should go in an aux jack into a phono preamp because it will sound horrid. It will blow your speakers at first. Like it'll it'll be really just loud. Putting too much load in on the front end. Yeah, yeah. So it's designed for we'll say zero point zero zero two or zero 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 two volts, and you're giving it like two volts or something. So it's way too much power for a phono preamp. So anyway, that's a nuance I have found. But it's been nice. It's been a hit so far. People have been over. You know, it's a conversation piece for sure. It's another way to listen to music and talk about music. It's definitely harkens back to. Our days when we still before MP3s would play a whole CD or tape or you know you didn't you couldn't go unless you made a mixtape or a CD you know it was a whole album you'd usually have in your car while you're you know driving to school or whatever or right. sitting at in class or whatever you just pretty you'd listen to the whole album because it was convenient you didn't want to change it constantly. What's been your favorite uh, audio enjoyment? As far as what album have you enjoyed the most? You said you kind of picked up on that harsh S sounds, but outside of that, what has been the plus side? Like, oh, I, this really does sound good, or how I remember, if you would. Um. Well, there's a, that's a that's a lot of questions to that. We kind of talked about that in another episode. One thing it has, it's very tactile, so you're touching it, you know, and it, it's it's made me realize the art part of albums. From back then, I mean, we had CD book inserts and things, and you know, but the, I don't know the fact that CDs are covered in plastic, and it's just I don't know. You're touching it; it's paper. They're different. Different ones have different material on the outside. Like I have an old Bee Gees uh, vinyl that's the it's velvet on the outside, which is neat. Huh. And I've got Eagles Desperado, which is almost it's like a weird I don't know woolen type paper mm-hmm. that's really neat. And then the in, on the inside of them, like all the art that's on the inside, and then the there like you know there's books of uh lyrics and just pictures and just you know buying an album you sit there you listen to the album and you know you look at the the artwork that's inside of it and so those have been neat but as far as I don't have a lot yet because I mean they're about if you buy them new they're well over $30 a piece now Ooh. um for represses um I mean at least from an audio file website I don't, you might could get but what's the point in getting a a crappy one if you know if this right. you know what I mean if this is a some type of listening hobby it's very therapeutic, that's for sure. Um, I don't have a lot, but so far, unfortunately, the best sounding one that I have enjoyed to this point is probably Toto 4. That's the one that has uh, Rosanna and Africa. and Oh, yeah. I remember those. It's one other one on the album that people would recognize, but those are the main three that are on it. Um, but that one sounds fantastic. It's one that hits hard on the 
left speaker, I think, or maybe it's the right one. That's one I have to definitely adjust the balance to. And the Eagles Desperado one I mentioned, you have to adjust the balance the other way. But I'm going to order some new ones. I don't have any new record. All the ones I have are old ones that I got from a good friend um, or the ones I found at a media replay store type type place. Well, the next time you're over here, uh, we have a list of many things to do and places to eat, but there is a a pretty good – I don't have a – well, we do have a record player, but I don't necessarily listen to vinyl, but I know a lot of people do, and there's a fairly popular one here in town, and they have – I imagine some new, but I think it's a tremendous amount of used. I've perused through that and uh, know the owners of that. They're real nice guys. It's like going to a used bookstore. Some people do that, and, you know, it's therapeutic for them to – but for me, like going through and finding old albums. And, I mean, I'll, I'll listen to CDs as well, although I don't have a CD player except in my vehicle, which is interesting. I uh, recently acquired an old pickup truck um, that we had to fix up. and Oh, that's a story of itself. Brother. Yeah, it is. But it had a um I found a six disc CD changer under the back seat, like a factory one. I was like, Oh man, I remember these from what, twenty years ago. Do you remember what brand it was? I'm just curious. I was Ford, so I don't know what brand they put in there. I know Chevy or GM used it. And they used Delco or something, mm-hmm. but right. I don't know how to look at it. It may just say Ford on it. Interesting. Just those black six disc changers. I remember our my parents' explorer had one and those were state of the art back in the day. That was a big option. Oh, the disc changer. That was a life-changing moment for young people who enjoyed music. You could put six discs in there. Just You could program it, too, to play whichever list of music you wanted. We're talking about how music is, is therapeutic and the, the whole and how it just affects us in general and our mood. Like just having putting the record on and everybody listening to it, like having to listen to old records. And it just started a whole – we had some people over the other day and – um after the the lights went the um the lights the sun went down, we uh, moseyed in from the outside recreation area to the house and just put a record on. But it got us, you know, just talking about music and looking through and flipping through what was available. And some people ordered some albums just to listen to at my house, just like to bring over and listen to. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. Maybe you'll leave them and they'll become my album. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. I we're just talking about how it affects you, but it, it 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 sparked this whole like I figured we'd come inside, maybe listen to a song. Everybody'd you know switch into dry clothes because some were in the pool, some weren't, and then right. head out. But it actually turned into like a whole nother uh, party, like party part two. Like now we're going to talk about music and just listen to music and how it affects us and what we like. And so well, that's the so question forth. that uh, you know a lot of times what we want to talk about are questions either you or I have talked amongst ourselves about or just something that's rolled around in my head and i have to the furthest back memory that i have i have been as i think most i don't know that any of us could say yeah i know a friend who doesn't really care about music at all like they might have a narrow taste band but i don't know that anybody doesn't like some kind of music but i was really just infatuated with music as i'm sure lots and lots of people are to the point that i found it as like an escape as uh you know it kind of takes you to either it's what the song's about which i am the poorest person you will know about understanding and interpret those so probably not ever accurate but my rendition about maybe what the song's about or it might have take you back to a certain you know time period in your life um even at a young age you're like oh yeah i remember when you, you know we, we listen to that at this get together or whatever and just I mean, I could be lost in my room listening to music, and I remember yeah. uh, talking about record players, you know, going way back to in my 
you know, elementary school age, uh, myself and my sister, who is just uh, about a year, 15 months younger than me. So very close in age. We did a lot together, especially in those early years that we would just sit and listen to like all the different kind of kids records while we were playing, whatever, you know, Hot Wheels, GI Joe, Barbie, some hybrid of those since boy and a girl kind of thing. But, um, and just album after album or 45 and just spent what felt like lifetimes, you know, listening to all kinds of different music and it, it does affect your mood because it seems like oh, it sure. enha- it enhances um, an atmosphere, if you will, as well as it, to the detriment if it's not your taste or other. I'll just leave it that and kind of what we're unraveling some stuff we might touch on this is to like the misophonic side or the things that mm-hmm. you just can't tolerate. Th- did the, any of the uh, other guests or yourself remark about the downside of the sound or are they all kind of full in final people or, or what, what did they have to say about that as far as the literal sound of it? I was trying to coax it out of them. I couldn't get them to do as much commenting as I was hoping. It was more about, I think music in general that the comments were being made about um, like the, the mood old artists and things okay. we liked. Yeah. And I tried to get them to listen to the difference. Like I played um, the some of them on vinyl and then i tried to play the mp3 version to them and i was like see this does sound that better and would cleaner be a cool comparison that, that i would like to be over there just to hear that the back and forth to see if it's what's in my mind is actually accurate or maybe i just have bad memories of very poor you have to have quality a, you have to have a good ability to do that like whether it's taste testing or anything i think people have to like i know some people who are not good at it i don't know many people who are good at like taste test and look because one thing affects the other. It's like, it's the reason why they have like coffee beans or crackers or whatever at a winery. Cause you you want to go from one wine to the other. Cause the previous one's going to affect the next one. So mm-hmm. you want to clear your palate. So with listening to music, like we did at the house, the problem was what I said earlier. Um, yeah, I have to retune the head unit every time I switch from one input to the other. It doesn't, it only takes a second, but still you some don't have people, that simultaneous flow. I can't just click real quick. Yeah. And go back and forth. I could, but I would have to, um, adjust the balance, the, tre- the treble, the switches and all that stuff. When I go back to the auxiliary or to the MP3, because it's real clean, you don't have to, I don't have to filter out that hiss right. and all that to make it sound more enjoyable. I don't want to say better because it's really just different. I, I don't, I mean, I guess you technically, it does to me, to me, MP3s and digital do sound clearer, cleaner, and there's not as much garbage in them as there is with the, but these are old vinyl too. I have yet to play a new one, but there, there is something about it that it sounds a little different. The other huge thing with right now with me listening to vinyl is I don't have, I do have all those switches and flips and, buttons and all that i can change the sound of it but i don't Mm -hmm. have an equalizer whereas on my mp3 player um i have a built-in equalizer on on the phone right and if you're an audiophile and you listen to this you're like oh my god you're talking about listening to audiophile stuff on a mp3 on a phone i'm like yeah 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 but i understand what this is bluetooth they're hardwired and it's bluetooth too so it's not it's not like listening to uh do you think that sound is perceivable yes i think you can tell a difference i can tell a difference when i go to a Twenty thousand dollars system and listen. No, 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 no. I, I didn't ask the question right. I guess let's say, um, what's Apple's home? Is it called a HomePod? I think, or, mm-hmm. or anything. You, you could Bose. Everybody makes something like this now, where you have a really uh, above average. Is all I mean in this. You know, a 
quote, good sounding speaker that you can Bluetooth to, and usually they have auxiliary. Do you think you could hear the difference between those two? You coming yeah. from your phone? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I think so. Not not like, so much in disbelief as more of just shocked as that particular sound. Because <laughs> I'm thinking I have a Are you talking about Bose. comparing Bluetooth, like like a Bose Bluetooth speaker to like an Apple Bluetooth speaker? or So I have a Bose Bluetooth speaker, and I could auxiliary line into it or obviously Bluetooth to it. I don't know that I could tell the difference in my music. Oh. If I hardwired in and played the same song and then disconnected and played it Bluetooth, because I don't hear much and it may be because that's the way i do it all the time is bluetooth i don't hear a whole lot of uh like that computerized sound and all that you know compression or anything that sometimes you hear you when don't, you bluetooth things yeah it's not as obvious but i can tell a, a slight difference now if somebody was like is it plugged in or is it not i don't know that i could tell you that but when i sit there and plug in something hardline and then or play the mp3 if i'm doing it myself or um Bluetooth versus hardline when I'm sitting there doing it back and forth, back and forth. Cause I can do that pretty quick without making many adjustments. Mm-hmm. I can tell the difference. It does sound a little better hardlined in most of the time. I mean, but is it enough to care about? Nah, not really. And I have pretty picky ears. So to me, it's not that much to care. The convenience of having the phone in your hand and have to be sitting right next right. to the thing is, is strapped to the with fantastic. three foot connector or whatever. Now I do have a real heavy, thick HDMI cord that I got because I do have a better system upstairs that's uh, sit, it has a subwoofer and all that stuff. It's a modern system. The one I'm talking about now is, an, is, a, is retro. a classic one. Yeah, it's a retro classic one. But And because it's pretty, and it's, it looks way better, and it's more of a conversation piece than modern stuff, at least for most people. So the modern one's upstairs. If I really want to get into listening to something, I'll go up there. But I've got a long, hardwired HDMI cable that I'll plug into my computer that I can play like, like files and things like that almost losslessly from the computer to the head unit and it's amazing i remember the first time i did it i listened to dark side of the moon and talk about something that was therapeutic and just different with i mean you know window shattering bass and it was just it's awesome i still like doing it um however i took those the good my good front speakers from that system and brought them downstairs to the because i use the retro one i just use it way more because it's right downstairs it's just fun it's yeah, it's fun. And it's the one I use, and it sounds good enough. You don't have to have the, all the other stuff, and especially for like people over and using it as a um, just a conversation thing. And it does the it gets the job done. And I don't know enough people. I have a handful of friends that would that would enjoy us just going upstairs and just blasting music so loud we couldn't really even talk to each other and just listen to all the nuance in it. Um, a few, of course. Now I have some Sennheiser headphones that. You know, life changing. They, they rival the yeah. They rival the the system upstairs. There's different things about both of them. Like you don't get the bass shattering your, you know, vibrating your lungs like you do on that system. But with the headphones, although right. the headphones sound superior as far as everything else. That just that, because that, that technology has amazed me with this evolution of what we're talking about with sound and how it affects you. I remember the early Walkman cassette days and what uh, you know the headphones that you got with that with the typical red orange or black sponge material over it and what that sounded like to fast forward to now with like apple's airpods which i'm a strong advocate for those tiny little things that look like what were like old hearing aids maybe back in the day the fact that they can actually produce that low frequency again not comparable to a 10 inch subwoofer but it right. is 
insane that it can even come close to it. It's like you aren't missing what I'll call the gist of the music. You, you know, it's going back to the super taste people. I know things are being left out, but we're talking about something that's, you know, the size of a contact lens and then three-dimensional that just fits in the ear hole. I've never listened over AirPods or whatever they're called, the Apple version, but one of the, my coworkers um, has the Samsung version, the newest ones that are mm-hmm. like 200 bucks or whatever. Right. And I was like, let me just give these a try. I was real excited, and I put them in and listened, and I just, I was just like, eh, for the money, I just don't see myself buying these. Because I don't, I don't have a lot of, one, I don't have a lot of use for wireless earbuds. I just, I don't. Um, you know, maybe mm. when I mow the grass or something, but right. I have headphones that are wireless, and they sound so much better, and they don't sweat me to death, at least in the time it takes to mow the yard, that I just, the sound difference is, I just don't, I haven't found earbuds that sound good yet to me that sound good yet. Now I would, I want to try Apple and see if they're any better. They definitely cost more. <laughs> Did the Apple wired versions fit your ear? Okay. No, then don't even try. I mean, you're more welcome to try mine cause I have some, but don't even waste your money. And that's what people ask me because I'm on the second generation. Now I had their first ones and handed them down to my son and got the second ones and they came out. I love to get the AirPods pro don't have those yet, but the problem for most people is going to be, does it fit? Because if it's painful or it won't stay in, then there's no point in spending yes. any money on They're that. Both. They were both that for me. They were either painful or they won't. They would just fall out constantly. And I don't. I couldn't figure out if they were too big or too small. Back in the day when flip phones were still a thing, um, I would say this was 2005-ish, mm-hmm. um, my phone, my flip phone came with some earbuds that had little silicone earpieces that end. you could kind of twist into your ear. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And those yeah. were awesome. They felt comfortable. After a while, anything in my ear hurts, like just because I guess it's just pressure your ear's not used to. Right. Just like I guess when you, if you ever wore glasses, the first while you're wearing glasses, it would hurt your nose. Or and wearing wear the glasses masks. For days. Oh, gosh, the masks. Let's I not talk do about it. that. The, the, the mask <laughs> on the ears, and because of my now advancing age, I have to wear the reader glasses occasionally. It's too much. It'll induce a headache if I don't adhere to the ear yep. pain. So I have to I had, come up with the I mask started using the neck. A, um, I started, yeah, yes. But you, you told me to use the paperclip thing around the neck. Right. I found a thing at work somebody had left, and I did clean it and, you know, sanitized it. And it pulled it down to where it wasn't pulling up into my eyeballs. Right. And that helped a tremendous amount. I've just gotten used to the breathing your own breath, which grossed me out at first. Oh, it was just, it's just, yeah. it's always disgusting me. Wintergreen lifesavers have knocked that out. Yeah. I mean, it didn't smell. It was just weird and wet and it gets moist after a it while. It no gets really hot. And, yeah. Of course, they've got our air crank down at work, which is fantastic. Well, that's like, it's cold in there. But it still would wear my ears out, hanging from my ears. And they told us we can't wear the cloth ones anymore um, because the CDC came out with new guidelines. Right. Disposable. Which is good to follow the CDCs, you know, whatever. But I found one that pulls it down to where it's around the back of my head instead of my ears. And as far as comfort-wise, I could wear that one all day. It doesn't go up into my eyeballs. It feels fine. Um, but anyway, it, it. but it does get nice and, I don't know, like Human. a warm cave in there. I'm like, <laughs> yes. oh, this is gross. <laughs> It does get uh, rather toasty. Which shows that it's doing something. Yeah. I mean, I know it's not N95 and it's not going to stop all viruses from going through, but it's going to stop something. I mean, it's going to at least make the uh, uh, particles not go as far. But, right. you know, I don't want – I can hear the people unsubscribing. It's too that. controversial. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't – uh, I don't enjoy all the negativity that's going along with something that's already negative. 
So to parlay back with a negative sensation of the heat or the hurting of the ears, the question we're unraveling about how does sound affect you more specifically, I wanted to focus on music because of my right. just love of it. Um, do you think it has a root to the basics? You know, a lot of times in both our backgrounds of medical and biology, we, there are things are harking back to, you know, how it translates to the animal as a human, you know, what's its purpose, X, Y, or Z thing you're talking about in this case, hearing. And that's just one of our senses, which our senses are there to make us aware of our environment, whether that's danger or familiars or whatever. And do you think that is music is basically just playing on that? Oh yeah. I think, I think we are one of only a few animals that, um, could enjoy music, maybe the only one. I don't know. It seems like we've talked about this before too, so maybe we could dig it up and I could research it. But there was something I was reading that there are no other animals except for maybe a bird that can discern rhythms. Now that's not to discern tones. Of course, everything can discern discern different tones. Right. It's, it's that's a whether it's shrill or whatever. Maybe, right. Like or just different pitches. Like how the different birds pick each other out. Or like, even, in the, you know, in mammals, like one might sound like they're young in distress, yes, like they're yeah. attuned to tones for sure. And it, this is just my theory. I have not found any science to back oh, this up. This I haven't looked. <laughs> yes, I, right, because you can't prove me wrong yet. Um, I haven't, like I said, I haven't found anything. To, this just is just me thinking. I think the human brain has evolved or is so much more advanced. I think the fact that we can pick out music from sound i think it is somehow our brain digging out the mathematic formula of frequency and somehow the different frequencies together we we are the brain the subconscious or something in our mind is um picking out that this note is so many is in relation ratio of mathematics to this note and it creates some type of pleasure in our, in our head because our brain is more advanced than we even realize, which is why I don't think other animals make music. Now people could say, well, birds do. I was like, well, they sing, but they don't get together in a group and like harmonize that I know of. Maybe there is an animal that gets together and harmonizes. I, I but I do think it had, yes, I think it's the brain subconsciously or whatever, realizing there, there is, um, more to sound than just noise. Like there's a mathematical formula there and somehow for some reason that creates some kind of pleasure. Now, is it a side effect from uh, adapting to, like you're saying, being able to discern a threatening voice or a, uh, you know, a loving voice and an old versus a young or a, a different dialect from our, your own, so on and so forth. You know, maybe that's just a side effect from that, but I think there is something going on there that we don't, maybe fully understand or maybe somebody does and i just need to research it maybe a good old google search might solve my all my wonderings with this one but yeah i think that is that is something that's going on there with it and that's why maybe it is therapeutic because there are i mean there is something called music therapy correct um, which we can get into here in just a few minutes but and, and there's different types of that which i had no idea there was there's a huge difference in different types of music therapy there you know not like just people going and singing in, in a veteran's home or something there. I mean, there is that, but there's, there's, there's like a whole programs out there where you get a bachelor's degree in music therapy and so on and so forth. Was that what you were asking though? Yes. And I did find there uh, upon our Google searches, there is a, what type of music's music do uh, pets like? And they kind of go off into what kind they prefer or not prefer. And 
without going into the whole article, I'm going to imagine in general the more harsher sounds or maybe even tempo-related things might be more or less soothing. I, I'd, mm-hmm. I, I think just calm things. Right, right. Water tends to be a general calming thing, which I think that's uh, in the therapy um, acoustical setting. Water sounds typically, other than someone say, I feel like I need to go to the bathroom, water tends to be calming. And I don't know what that is. If that's harkens back to some like root. rain too. Yeah. Yes, like rain. I even find thunderstorms. Although, <laughs> you know, there's always that potential of, you know, the danger that goes with thunderstorms. I enjoy, as I imagine a lot of people do, because they're built into these quote sound machines. The sound of thunder. It's it, neat. It, it rem- I, I, there's a lot of reasons why I like it, but one of them I remember um, when I was a kid, my grandparents built this huge front porch um, onto their house. And I remember that finally got finished and there was a big thunderstorm rolled through that day. And my cousins were over and we all sat on the front porch and watched the thunderstorm. So that, that kind of reminds me of the good old days when we used to do that, which maybe that's why I like thunderstorms. But. That's another thing. That and you kind of been... feel safe in your little cave. It's like, ha ha, right. nature can't get me. I'm in this cave, which is now a house. My and question. The tornado about... comes. The original question, and that is, how does you know music affect you as far as your mood and all that? Because I find it just it's mesmerizing to me that, and I'll put it in my simpleton terms, music or even spoken voice. You know, there are more or less pleasing voices. They are all just vibrations, and your ear picks them up. An analogy I've read in some of these things I look through is just kind of like the wind through the leaves of a tree. You know, those little bones in our ear pick up the vibrations and these things run into parts of our brain that are designed to pick these up and turn on or turn off things. Or as they were saying, like open or close gates to decide danger, no danger. And and the fact that emotion can come from that is just mesmerizing me. As simple as it is, you know, I can understand uh, drugs or chemicals eliciting responses. But the fact that nothing has entered your body other than these vibrations mm-hmm. and it yields a good feeling or maybe even a bad feeling. I think often some of these things are, and this is the part I don't know how to tease out of my own personal study is what is emotions related to memory and what is just like your jam, if you will, to keep this in a music sense. Like you were saying well, about the thunder reminded you of time in your childhood. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know how much is like emotional memory versus like, um, well, we talked about this before. I think all of that is it's, 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 it's it all intertwined. The idea that a fast tempo, uh, we'll say rock song, for example, might help uh, people get through a workout and they can put out more or run more or bike longer or whatever versus something that's more mellow. The the fact that it can help you achieve that next step that you're already exhausted and you can't do it, but somehow you get the right mm-hmm. workout music going, you can crank up your effort to a level that you just could not do before. That, I don't know, it, it, it's mesmerizing. All of that, though, like to talk about like a substance actually entering your body, it is interesting that it's just vibrations in air that are doing it. But when you really break it down, what is going on with all of it? It's really just sensory perception. So, you know, you're eating food and yeah, that they'll give you energy that way. But when you're talking about like drugs for health or for pleasure, as far as that goes, if it's, you know, drugs like recreational use, like alcohol or whatever, um, you're stimulating a nervous system like you know dopamine and right. you know other neurotransmitters whereas music can is still going through your sensory so it's still creating that release it's just not the drug itself doing it it's right. 
your body doing it, which, you know, you also have, um, you know, the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous. And just when you see food, you start salivating. So it's, I think it's just, as far as that goes, that's really all that's going on. I mean, you say that's all that's going on, but it is kind of a unique thing. I guess you could say smell is similar, but I think smell is actual particles. I was going to say, I think that is actual parts of whatever it is you're smelling. Those molecules are entering Mm -hmm. and and then you're actually perceiving that. So that kind of goes into the same as ingestion or injection or whatever. But, no, the, but it definitely the, does the vibrations is just like, I don't know. That's just one of those awes of nature that still kind of mesmerize me to this day. You're right. It, the end result's the same because whether it's like a workout thing, well, you've managed to squeak out a little bit more adrenaline is how this has happened. Mm-hmm. But going from a song, I didn't take anything. I didn't put a patch on. Nobody injected me. I'm just mm-hmm. listening to this thing. And emotional response. Yep. I think it for me, but see thoughts do that too. I was going to say I could be on a run and let's just say uh poor, poor timing on my part for uh, my running. I like to have electronics and I just didn't have a charge in the iPod and it finished before I was done. I could even <laughs> think about kind of like a, a, you know, a workout song, so to speak, to kind of get myself revved up in it. Cause you've yeah. got that sort of jukebox in your mind, if you will. It's not the same, mm-hmm. but it's sort of uh same thing, just at lower volume. And I can kind of manifest it. For sure it does things to you and who and why. I didn't get into a whole I think it's all just theoretical, so there's not a lot to say. If you tuned in just like to get the answers, and the answer is go look and research and there's opinions out there, but it definitely does do something, you know, to people. Like there are there are types of people like I do know a few people who either I feel like they hate every song on earth. <laughs> or they just like every song on earth. Like I have a few, I have a friend or two, or I don't really have a friend that hates every song on earth. I have a family member that hates every song on earth. And I have a, uh, what's a person that's not a friend, but acquaintance. a colleague sort of, yeah, an acquaintance that um hates everything. <laughs> like if it's not, um, what they like, their little genre, then they have been. I also know people who only like, we've talked about before what I call bubblegum pop, like sugar, sugar music. That's right. just, you know, they don't listen to, but I do have a few songs that like, I can't stand. And I meant to make a list of them. Like when I'm at work, these, these few songs come on and I just, they annoy me. Like I want to punch a wall when it comes on. It's this one song where this guy just sings, holds out this horrific note singing it's a relatively new song and it's constant and it sounds just a little flat a little off pitch and it's just long and long and long and and the thing is i've heard the song at full volume and it's not as bad but the part that comes through our crummy speakers and the ceiling and over the noise of all the machinery and you know computers and refrigerators and you know fans blowing it's just this shrill noise that makes me very irritated. So I try not to talk to people or patients or coworkers when that song's going because it's horrible. Or I just try to turn it down and then get in trouble for not turning it back up. Yeah, some of this always kind of wants to bleed over into taste, and we've covered that you know on our own conversations and in the previous episode multiple times because that bleeds over into so many things, your personality type, your actual taste, and all these things, but... But yeah, we're talking about a listening emotions and those songs do do that. Like, and, and I've also found though, that sometimes when you're in a certain mood, like you can't, you can't use, like you don't want to use music to make you feel better. Sometimes you just want to find a, a music that fits your mood, 
You know, like, I guess you wouldn't want to listen to Debbie Downer music if you're in a good mood. And just like if you're in a kind of not so good mood, you're kind of tired, I don't turn on like disco or, you know, the pop station. Like, I, I'll listen to something more, more like something like My Morning Jacket or something, you know, more slow and, and melodic rather than upbeat when I'm in certain moods. Like, I don't, I don't want to use that. Like, that, it won't necessarily make me in a better mood because it's a better song, like some kind of Bruno Mars thing. I don't, no, I don't, don't want to deal with that right now. So, so that, that, I think that's funny. That timing is everything. Both ways. You, you you need energy, but sometimes you're not ready to go to that full on energy level. Yes, that yeah, and just I don't know, like it just it it wouldn't make me it would make me angrier. Like okay, you're trying to cheer myself up, or someone's trying to cheer me up with a a poppy or a you know a happy song or a song they know I like normally. I'm like no, that's that's, that's making me matter. Turn that off. I don't want to hear it right now. <laughs> so it it can affect you both ways. So. Right. That can kind of get, like I wonder how people who use music therapy they they have to take all that into account when they're when they're doing that. Did you look much at official music therapy? Did you do any research? In Not that? anything more than just kind of the broad overview of like the the sounds that are pleasing and and a lot right. of it was nature related. There is a you know pure music of a calming nature, um, maybe a piano or some light strings, and then there's also the addition of nature sounds, whether that be birds or a little bit of wind or rain or a waterfall or creek or something like that, and various combinations of those things and like i said i think in general uh, you know there's exceptions to everything there's um i, I guess the overall acceptance outside of exceptions that, that there is just such i don't know what it is and i don't know if there is anything other than theories on as to why that water sound is so pleasing more of running water uh, i think the the rain kind of gets into uh, white noise want- kind of thing I wonder if it harkens back to, you know, when the search for food and water was everything. And when you heard water, you were like, yes, we found water. Like if you come from a nomadic people or, you know, everybody was at some point um, in the history of the human species. And and maybe like if you camped out next to a creek, you had found water. So it was very comforting. That was something you didn't have to go look for. Like you had that sound of the river flowing. Or if it was raining, you're like, oh, it's raining. So you're filling up your um, whatever you use to fill up back then right um, and even in the so, a, sort of agrarian age like all right you know yeah, our, our crops, the crops. Are, yep. yeah exactly yeah. yeah and the animals and it's gonna like in africa the animals follow the rains you know across the plains and all that you know maybe that's has something to do with it or you know they, whatever they migrate across the country or the country sarah palin <laughs> the um continent <laughs> And I'm sure it also has to do with the frequency because that was another thing that I found was that certain frequencies are within the range of more pleasing than others. And I wanted to say it was 2000 to 9,000 Hertz, but I don't, that, that may not be right. Cause I, yeah, as usual, I try to scour through as much things as I can and not just stick to one thing, but it, may fit right into that sort of sweet spot of kind of like, you know, hearing spoken voice. There are uh, voice types that I find more or less appealing, and the ones I find appealing tend to be in like a typical range. They're not super low, and they're not real like squeaky high, but there's like some little magic sweet spot somewhere in the middle, maybe slightly towards the bottom. uh, That is, you know, they could be reading the ingredients off of a how to make brownies box, and it's like, oh, that's very soothing. At the higher ones, a lot of people don't like higher voices that sound shrill to them. Have come to or higher noises, which seems to approximate all those hated sounds, which we'll leave for another time. And I really want to dig into that misophonic thing, which you know, to, to make it at least complete for now, that's just um, 
for even, uh, simple terms, hatred of a certain sound. Which <laughs> well, can, yeah, even as a even as a kid, people who made weird S sounds like that were sh- super sharp S's. Right. I was like, why do you do that? Like it would irritate me in school. Like to when it was their turn to read the paragraph, I was right. like, oh god, there's old Tiffany and her S's. <laughs> and I don't know a Tiffany. But I'm just saying, you know, there she is or he is. And it was a YouTuber um, that I like to watch. A group of brothers who farm out west, and one of the brothers has this S that I just can't handle. Like I try to, I have to fast forward through his parts. So mesophonia, def, or I guess it's not phonia. It would be more like whatever. <laughs> Philia. Yes. Um, uh, it, it's something to take into account for sure. It's, I, I just feel like a broken record to keep playing on the, the, the sound <laughs> tune is. So whatever your, uh, choice of emotional charging music, whether that be more mellowing mm-hmm. or whether that be kind of the speed you up. Mm-hmm. It is also interesting what you've already pointed out is you're not always in the mood for that. There's not a, for me, there may be for some, but there's not always a universal kind of thing that you're always that. And I had that pointed out to me once at work. I, I had the pleasure of working with another professional when I was in my uh, studies years and he was an audiophile and had he had a room like basically like a study or i don't think it was a small bedroom but it was just wall-to-wall cds of pretty much any genre you could think of and talking to him about music was just like talking to wikipedia because he knew everything about the band and about you know they the band themselves wanted to played in this order on as far as how the album was laid out mm-hmm. but then the record company they really wanted it in this order and just all these little nuances right. and the reason they wanted all that's in that interesting order, in and of itself right it was because right. of how one thing flowed into another mm-hmm. but, and that makes a difference i know when i when i have listened to and this has only happened a few times um in my life, because we are young enough <laughs> to live in an era where we could get greatest hits albums instead of having to get the albums and then, you know, like 70s music and stuff. By the time we were listening to music, there were greatest hits albums. But I have, on a few occasions, had albums and then later, you know, it comes out in the greatest hits. Right. And I'll be, you know, I would listen, so I would listen to the album my whole life and then it comes out on a greatest hit. So I'll go get that because, you know, I've lost whatever tape or it's been ruined or whatever. I get the greatest hits and then like it doesn't play in the right order. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Or, you know, it plays a different song or the opposite. Like when I've listened, I've grew up like with the Eagles. I didn't have Eagles albums. I had like a greatest hits Eagles. And so now I'm ready for like whatever's next. I don't, I don't know. This is what, you know, like tequila sunrise and then Desperado and then take right. it easier. However order it was in, that's how I'm used to hearing it. Um, but so when I listen to the actual album and another song comes on that I like, I'm like, wait, 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 it's out of order now. So that's, uh, then I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm listening to the real album. And that's funny too. And also I'll get irritated when I play an album on um, Apple music or whatever. And I am mm-hmm. listening to the whole album, but for somehow the shuffle is on and it's not playing in the order that I remember it or that I'm, you know, uh, prepared to listen to right. it in. I get irritated and I'll spend more time trying to figure out how to turn off <laughs> the shuffle and half the album would have played. And I'm like, Ugh. well, now I've already listened to half of it. So let's just let it shuffle the rest of the way through. But that is the people wanting it a certain way. It's just like you see in these movies um, that they make that are all like that's the thing, or at least last year it was like the Queen movie came out um, where they wanted, they argued over which, um, I think that really happens over which one was going to be the single they let out first. You know, it's going to be this one. And 
of course, back then, you know, that was also about radio time, like three minute songs with the DJs on the radio and the people who own the radio station wanted to play. This was three minutes. They didn't want to have a 14 minute or a seven minute rock ballad right. um, necessarily until those became popular. They're trying to jam as many in between the breaks and the commercials that they can possibly get in. Mm-hmm. And I remember the my other buddy who listens to rap, um, and this is really bad on those stations now too. Um, like the DJ trying to be part of the song himself, like coming in at the end or the beginning and like doing his his or her thing along with the song. I remember that as a kid being like, no, like I was trying to make a mixtape off the radio mm-hmm. and the guy would come on and talk in and I'm like, no, shut up. Or it's even worse <laughs> when they come on and like they're trying to sing along with it or you're like, especially on uh, rap stations where the guy thinks he's a rap artist and you know, he's, he's a, actually a DJ and I mean, maybe he is his own artist, but so he does his little version of it. I'm like, no, no, I don't want to hear you in the background right. saying, yeah, yep, no, I don't want to hear all that. No, no, I want to hear how it was recorded. Stop it. But that's an issue. You like to create playlists, and do mm-hmm. do you have them for you know, we'll quote events at your house or yep. certain days or, or chores around the house? For sure, I have. Um, I like to make a playlist like for different things. Like I have a playlist I like to play, which is getting worn now. I need to make a new one. I have a playlist for like when I go ride the motorcycle, that's I'm in that mind state or that state of mind. It's usually more upbeat stuff. Cause I'm always, when you're on the bike, you're always looking for people trying to kill you with their four wheelers. So you know, it's more, it's not usually quiet, slow songs when I'm doing that. And then I have a playlist that's like a, I don't know, like a, like a steely band type or steely Dan type music that I'll just play. Um, I do make them for different occasions, but I have them for different, maybe I guess I have them for different moods too, because I have some for like just in the evening, like after dinner, when it's almost bedtime, I have a few that I might every now, I mean, I don't do this every day, but I may have one, like if it's a weekend and we're staying up late, I'll just play that in the background. If we're not watching a movie or television, if we're just fooling around the internet, I'll play that one. Right. Um, but yeah, I definitely have different playlists for different state of mind for sure. Like if I know everybody's coming over. I used to have a good playlist, but like it's getting worn. Um, I have a '90s, a couple. I have several different versions of '90s playlists. Mm-hmm. But here recently, I've just been down. I've been um, been lazy, and I've been going to Apple and just doing like an essentials. Like they're getting better with their essentials like playlist. You can get like a a '70s hits essentials, or a '70s rock essentials, or a '90s alternative essentials, or you know '90s pop. Because used to a, just a '90s, if you went to XM or wherever and just played a 90s playlist it would have like Mariah Carey in there and like you know there's nothing wrong with that but that's not like I, we were tuning into 90s to hear like more soul asylum and, yeah and 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 maybe some like um uh Darius Rucker what, what was it Pootie right oh th- that was fine but we didn't want to hear necessarily Mariah Carey or you know we didn't want to hear that type of music so but now it's gotten better they've been they're more specific so now i've been kind of lazy and been doing that but definitely the question i think the heart of the question was different states of mind or different activities certain type of music and that's for sure i definitely do that do you listen to anything to help your sleep particularly or relax i mean that kind of goes into the mood thing but i'm kind of just peeling off of that uh, the rolling thunder sounds and uh, and like a distant thunderstorm and uh, ocean waves tended to be one that was in some of the articles were particularly used to help people sleep that maybe had difficulty falling asleep was that those sounds were soothing and relaxing to the mind instead of the opposite of like that workout effect where you're causing adrenaline. This is more kind of causing the opposite reaction and relaxation to happen 
just again by sound, which fascinating. I should. I just never have. I the problem with with me. I mean, I've never used a sound like like you're saying, like ocean waves or birds or um, rain or you know stuff like that. I'll sometimes try to listen to music, and the problem with me is I'll get into the music. So then instead of going to sleep, right. I'm sitting there, you know, listening to the music. And I turn, I roll over, and it's you know after 12 o'clock and it's like okay it's too late right, right. now this, what have this I done? is not done what i meant it to do <laughs> right it's the opposite to fall asleep and this has nothing to do with sound really i usually fall asleep watching youtube videos that i found interesting but at the same time i guess i just fall asleep to them if something's super boring me like i usually it annoys me so i can't it has to be something i'm semi-interested in and i'm kind of paying attention but then i get relaxed and just fall asleep if I use something like that, right. which I know they say not to do, like you shouldn't try to be engaged and go to sleep, but it works for me. So I do it. I know right. our sleep episode, we probably are, that's probably a hypocritical thing to say versus what we were. Right. Not know, exactly that, the but, best hygiene. Right. Yeah. But, but it, if it works for you, I guess it works. And, Cause I don't have, I don't consider myself to have sleep problems very rarely. I did as a kid, man. I, uh, I would be up all night staring at that clock. I'm like, Oh gosh, I got to get up at five thirty. And you just couldn't I shut it off early. Yeah, and I was just like, gotta go to sleep, gotta go to sleep. So I think we'd be to miss if we didn't also talk about um, specifically what I found out. I didn't know it was such a, a thing was like therapeutic musical services. Like there's a bunch of different stuff. Um, there's there's basically three or four different specific types, and I had no idea that was the case. Did you? No. Or do you? No, I did not. So. There's there's three different kinds. Um, there's something they call music therapy, and then there's therapeutic musicians, and there's something else that's mostly with hospice patients. And I'm not sure how to pronounce this word. It's thanatology, mm-hmm. I guess, but it's called music thanatology, and that's mostly used in hospice hospice type patients. But the music therapy is like a degree. So you have, you get like a bachelor's degree, which means you, there's like 6,000, you know, a typical bachelor's degree is about 120 hours mm-hmm. um, at a university. And what that translates into, that's 120 hours a week, I guess, that you spent in the classroom, which actual classroom time, that's about 6,000 hours that you were actually sitting and getting lectured to. Anywhere from 5,500 to 6,000 is the average bachelor's degree. Right. Um, but that's what that requires. Then you have to do like a 1200 hour internship, just like a professional degree, like dental or pharmacy or anything. That's where you have to do an internship, student teaching. And there's so many hours you have to do that. So it's a, it's a verified or whatever the term is, actual career, actual thing. And it's even, it's even, um, reimbursable by Medicare wow. and, and some States Medicaid and some insurances, some private insurance will reimburse you. Um, but you also can get grants, whereas the other two are spe- are just private pay or um, through grants. And I'll try to get into what I know is the difference in these two, although I couldn't find a whole lot other than the basics. So when you're talking about music therapy, which is, again, the one that's a degree mm-hmm. and it's like a real clinician, like at a hospital or wherever – they don't it's not what you're like where you go in and sing to patients or play music for them they're actually helping with um like special needs people um i guess it could be anybody but it's mostly developmental troubles or maybe um psychological issues or something like that um not just somebody who 
is a burn victim at a hospital. Like you play music to make them feel better. That's right. not what this is. This is actually working on somebody's mental capabilities. And what they do is they I don't they don't necessarily teach them an instrument. It's not about learning the instrument, like right. the technical aspects of it. It's about um, playing it. You could be improvising along with a song, or it's just getting that part of the brain that has to do with music and musical instruments moving and, and, and operating and the benefits that come from that. And it's really interesting to me. I didn't know it was a thing. I may have been interested in, in something like that as a career when I was younger because of you know, my music background. Because right. um, there, you know, there are thousands and thousands of studies that, well, maybe not thousands and thousands, but there are lots and lots of studies that show kids who are into music um, perform at least in general, more superior to those who don't. Now, there's you know a million exceptions and arguments. People are going right. to come in and say that's a parent doing a better job and blah 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all true, but th- there's too many that show just the fact that you're involved in learning an instrument or, to a lesser extent, being a, a choral student. Although that that is still good, um, it really does do something to your mind and your ability to work out things like. Problem solving. And, I was going to say math. And, math yeah, seems to be math, a strong yep. suit in a broad general sense for the more musically inclined or musically exposed. By that I mean playing, not listening. And I think it's just where you're naturally, like we can deter a beat and you know, like the, because that's all music is, is it's mathematics in your head. Like this is part of a beat and the frequency, the note is just a different frequency. And so that's, I think it's a subconscious thing. And maybe that develops that area to where your your problem-solving skills in math are going to be better naturally even when you're thinking about it because the subconscious is. And I don't know if that's true. That's just a theory I have. Um, but that's kind of what they do, just to, just to sum it up in a quick thing. And I do have a link um, I can share with you. Basically, it's, it's www.musictherapy.org. You can go to their website, and it has all kinds of stuff. There's a PDF that has the three different basic ones and what the difference are. Now, then there's therapeutic musicians. And what they are are people who play live music um, at hospitals, wow. you know, like we're talking about, like the, they'll go in with a, a guitar or, you know, a choir group singing in the lobby or... You know, whatever. Somebody playing a music to a person. It's not necessarily that person playing one back to you. Right. The other one, and the other one doesn't have to be the music therapy. That doesn't have to be um, you necessarily playing a music. Um, it just talks about it being interventions, and it could be like lyric discussion or music imagery, like what the images bring up when you're thinking about it. But performing it and you know, learning through music is the big deal with the other one. Whereas this one, you're just kind of listening to it and... Um, enjoying the live part of the music. It's not so much them listening like to headphones or just music playing in the background that exists too, just because I know it does like, because we were just talking about it, but I couldn't find anything official as far as using that as a true outlined regimen, goal oriented music therapy. I know people do that, but I think that's just kind of a thing. Maybe it's in its infancy or maybe it's just never been, or, or maybe there is something out there that I don't know about. Yeah, there, there probably is. And maybe they tie that into these other official things. And then the last one, that music hyphen thanatology or what, however that's pronounced, is people just using voice and mostly harps, it says, at like end-of-life care, like just palliative care. Um, and it just helps with the, it says, the physiological uh, needs of the patient moment by moment. Um, so I don't know if that's some kind of... It almost sounds hippie-ish. Is this, you know, uh, you, you know think, I mean? more calming? 
Yeah, um, and I, and like maybe they're either sitting in there playing the harp, and like if the because I don't know how if you've ever been around hospice patients, it's not something that's enjoyable, but you know something we all go through. I don't know if maybe when they start having you know breathing problems, they can play a different play the music a little differently, and maybe it helps them that way. I'm not really sure. I didn't look up any YouTube videos or any examples of it. Um, it just wasn't imagery I was wanting to um, pull into my day when I was looking right. at this yesterday. Well, but maybe that's what's going on. I th- I, this just illustrates the phenomenon of what those vibrations do. Like uh, I remember um, not just now looking over this stuff or recently, but at some point in time, I, I guess this has always been something I'm curious about. The idea of uh, think of you know thousands of years ago and you've got warring factions, if you will. And the idea of drums mm-hmm. brings this one. It's a sound that can be heard at distance because of the wave, the wavelength of those lower notes uh, versus, you know, necessarily like say chanting of the soldiers, which that, that could do, have an effect as well, I think. But you have this sort of foreboding force coming and yeah. the idea, I think this actually come up in and a, the drummer, like the ones that while they're, it makes them feel like, you know, hardcore Mr. Bad Guys, when they're marching into the drums, like, yeah, we're coming to mess up your city. We're going to tear down your wall. Where the other people are like, oh, gosh, these people are coming. They're at the walls. But, yeah. And it, I don't remember if in this article that, of all things, I think this article is about, like, maybe, like, the history of gunpowder or something. And the idea of power and things associated with it. And it a lot of it tied into noise in this article, which, which is not a point at all. But uh, when we were using crossbows and longbows and all these things that type of fighting until it was like intimate hands-on, there wasn't a lot of noise involved. And right. the, I don't know, some, somehow, I guess earlier man described, you know, figured out that this sound could be used for uh, like a warning thing. Like, yeah, we're coming. This is just to let you mm-hmm. know trouble's coming and it's getting louder and closer, which ironically I always thought you're kind of telling on yourself. So not the best thing for like a secret operation. Yeah. But I guess maybe the, they felt the fear and exactly it them. if you could get into you know, the they mind of the opponent with, they still to this day, torture people with different music or sounds. Like, well, I don't know that I mean, that's the verb we want to use, but <laughs> yeah. I, I think, um, what is it? Uh, not interrogate even, but that, that's a lot more benign word. Well, they do all of it. I, I think they do all of it. That like, I think there is torturing going on, and there's. I mean, I'm not saying it's good. I don't know if we do it anymore. You're not supposed to, but I think what uh, what I understand that's a quote an approved thing is sleep deprivation. Uh, and mm-hmm. anybody who's ever tried to stay up as often you and I will, it does feel like torture at some point, and it's usually used the the aid music is used. I believe uh, you you had mentioned to me a great series Waco. Yeah, they, the Branch Davidians. They played music. I don't remember what it was, but I remember they played music. And it might just be the fact that it was something loud. Um, but, oh, man. I thought it was like Metallica or something, but maybe not. And then the Branch Davidians played back to them. Right, like right. They got up there and played it out the window. Right. <laughs> so that was kind of comical. But it could be, uh, obviously, it can be used to invoke all kinds of things. Something foreboding like the army coming from a distance or mm-hmm. like what we talked about, this soothing sound of rolling thunder or in the therapy sense of what you're talking about. It, did you ever come across anything that talked about how it enabled focus? And I thought that's where you were going with the other, the first group that you introduced, but that's more about the actual music and what particular part of the brain. And it might be the same yeah, thing. Yeah, I think, well, there were, yeah, so the, I think, the, I think it all does everything, but 
I didn't find anything in particular that talked about focusing, but it did mention that. But yeah, the, the, the music therapy and then the therapeutic music, that's the big difference. Music therapy is getting someone involved themselves in producing music, whether they're improvising and right. so they're activating that part of their brain. Whereas therapeutic music is more the music affecting them. Like they're not doing music, at least just physically. The audience, so they're to just speak. listening more or less. Yeah. Do but you, no, I didn't find anything in particular. But you know, you're talking about how it affects you, the soothing. We talked about that a lot, soothing, soothing. But And we talked about how things irritate us. But there are, um, like on these ships now, where they have they play certain sounds that make people nauseous. Um, oh, like yeah. Pirates and mm. things, like anti-pirate things I have seen. I, don't, I didn't look into that how or why, Sonic but weapons. that's amazing to me. Yeah. So there's something in your mind that's it's it definitely has some kind of effect for sure. Like there's something in there that either we do or either somebody else understands better than us, but it's the, the idea of music evoking a, an emotional or physiological response just from like you're saying vibrations in the air is a, uh, it's crazy. Do you listen to, well, I don't think so. You already talked about your sleep habits, but have you ever been around or, you know, heard anybody that has to have a fan going or oh, a, yeah, for a, sure. a noise machine? That, yeah. I like to have a noise in the background. Usually I usually have a fan going. I, I kind of blocks a, out uh, other stuff. But. I have t- went, gone away from, I think the original in the early days of those devices, the uh, sound machine is what we call them at my house. The early days of those, it was literally what I think white noise is. And I have found my preferential zone is one called brown noise, which is a little bit less shrill and lower toned. And when I'm having to sleep for a night shift, I will uh, have the, uh, the lady whose name I won't call to wake everyone's up, but it lives <laughs> in the tube, so to speak have that uh, device play brown noise and it just helps me know, you know, it's part of the sleep habit for me as well, but it also helps tune mm-hmm. out the environment and all these other things because you get this other noise that's kind of occupying your senses. Her name rhymes with Mary. Uh, well, not the one that lives in the phone, but the one that lives in the tube by uh, oh, the Amazon yeah, company. Yeah. 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 I know what you're saying. But uh, yeah, she I forget uh, about that one. Cause that's not a part of, she's not a part of my life. Uh, so. She hums me to sleep as well as that has, caught on to all my children have their own device that does that. So the power is ever out. There's probably a lot of people awake at my house <laughs> because it's too <laughs> quiet, which is back to the same idea about noise or in this case, lack of noise. Have right. you ever been in a cave or in uh, a wilderness setting that's so remote that the lack of noise is just like that? Ee- you know, you almost hear like that. Uh, oh, Yeah. Hear, the sound of silence. You know, I used to yeah, say, somebody turned the TV on back in the day yep. when the old TV had to warm up. I could hear those. Could you hear those? Oh, yeah. I mean, I could, even after it warmed up, I could still hear them. That, like, that high I could pitch. still walk into a room, and if it's, yeah, it's a tube TV, a cathode ray, or whatever it's called, I can hear that high pitch. In fact, I can hear my in-laws have a dog whistle deterrent thing, electronic thing that blasts out For sounds. Pests. Yeah, I can hear it. And so can, I think my wife can, I'm not sure if she can, but I know her brother can. Um, but I, and it drives me up the wall. Like I get, I hear it and I'm just like, turn that off and they can't hear it at all. Like her, her parents cannot hear it at all. I mean, I don't know if that's just part of age or some people just don't have the same range, but God, I hear it and it drives me bananas every time I walk by it. This plays into something else and some of the reading I've done and that is workplace environment, which I'm going to say for most everybody is stressful to a degree. Some jobs are more stressful than others, and that's a topic for another time. But if you think about most jobs probably have a computer, 
And then some jobs have a lot of computers. I'm thinking, <laughs> like, how many could you count at, at our job? How many types of electronics are run, running just within our immediate area? Ten? We have at least 12 computers and then refrigerators and uh, uh, what's the big cabinet? What are those things? Servers. And right. There's a lot the devices, of devices. There's got to be 25. That 25 you, things making noise. And, and you become aware of it like if there's a power surge or somebody hits a pole or something and everything mm-hmm. it cuts off because you've lost power. And you're like, mm-hmm. wow. And I've literally noticed like my shoulders lowering to some degree. It's like this is one of those things that adds tension to everybody's job mm-hmm. that they're just not aware of because mm-hmm. it's, it becomes what you always, you know, uh, some guy who works at the dump probably doesn't smell it like you and I, when we, we visit the dump, so to speak, or XYZ mm-hmm. thing where your senses are just like hypersensitive to whatever the stimulus is. I could see that being um, the next OSHA thing maybe. Cause you know, we move slowly, like um, lights are getting better, um, you know, working conditions. Right. I could hear sound, emotional sound, and people laugh at all that at first. But over time, you know, people come around on it. Well, if I ask the question. It's like computer screens used to be awful. If we could minimize some of the stress at your work, so like everybody's in tune in here, like, oh, uh, yeah, how are you going to do that? Or, you know, what's it going to cost me or what's it going to do this? You know, if you were a computer salesman or whatever, and you're going from the old CRT monitors to the flat screen ones, that's just one less sound you're hearing. And all of the fans going and all, the, I mean, not to mention, we're talking about just hearing sort of an electronic hum, if you will. But then you've also got those fans that keep all the computers cool. That right. all that noise, once it cuts off, you're like, wow, it's kind of loud yeah. in here just in, quote, normal times, let alone mm-hmm. the interaction of all the humans that might be around. But yep. I think it adds just a few clicks to the stress meter. And, you know, I, I think stress probably is a distraction. And if you could lessen that at work, it'd be great. I don't have any of the answers. I just have lots of questions here. But Well, um, we um we turn the music down at, at my workplace. Um, when we're on a night shift, like when we're working a overnight, um, the overnight person up front will um, turn down the music. Um, Just so it's not as blaring? Yeah, because it's louder at night because you don't have the people in. Right. You don't have the ambient noise outside either. Like You don't necessarily notice traffic and airplanes and weed eaters and all that necessarily, but there is some sort of white noise that's coming in because the music playing over the speaker's it just seems quieter during the day, and it, on the night shift, it seems it's just blaring. Like right. so, it they'll turn it down, and then when the day people get here, they notice around eleven o'clock or so after the night shift person so has turned it down. Like, why is the music down? Like, just so much. Like, they leave they leave each other hate notes back and forth about it. <laughs> so it's not really hate notes; more like you know jokingly hate right notes. like turn the music back up you can turn it back up you know stuff like that you turn it down you know it's like the leave the seat up or down argument it's the right. it's one of those deals something else i i have kind of noticed um the difference in the sexes like with music and just certain sounds in general um i know more of the people that i know who aren't huge music people all of them, I think, are males. Like, I think that girls like music in general, or I haven't found any females that just don't, like, I can't tell what their music preference is. Like, I can think of two older dudes I know that are part of my life that I don't know what kind of music they really like. I know 
they either don't ever turn on the radio or music, and so I don't know what they like, or every time something comes on, they're like, I hate that crap. So, but I don't really, I don't know any females that are that way, other than the few that I know that love bubblegum pop. Like anytime you play anything that's not made 2012 and above, it's garbage. I do have a few females <laughs> like that. But, and I think, have you found that to be true now that you, maybe you've never thought about it or realized it? It seems in my circles of friends and history through being around people that more men tend to be into music than women. But I don't know as far as tolerance and intolerance if I noticed a frequency mm-hmm. of one or the other. I would say the first part of that statement is semi-true in my experience, too. I think as far as being into music, like wanting to be musicians and then liking music for the more than just music part of it, the males seem to be more that way. Though I do know a few females who are that way as well. But like, just I'm just thinking of people who, of course, you said you didn't know many people who didn't enjoy music but the one the few that i do that i just think of that just want to turn the music off are dudes but also the ones that i know are the most passionate about it are dudes as well i mean i only know a few girls that are really into like music and and then of those there's only one girl a female that i know that's into all types of different types of music and is really into it well i know a few a family member and a friend um and then the other, I have like friends who are females who are into music, but they're into like specifics. Like I know, I know a girl who's obsessed with Paul McCartney and everything Beatles and everything in and around that type mm-hmm. of music. Whereas they may not, she may not really like appreciate or at least be into other stuff like Pearl Jam or um, whatever, you know, playing a guitar. I right. don't think she plays an instrument, but boy, if it's Paul McCartney. She's jammed in on that. Yes. She's been to like a hundred concerts and. Stuff and she was in. Um, she is a musician herself. She plays instruments. So, I mean, maybe it's just you know. I just didn't. I don't know what she likes. And you, I mean, do you remember the Dave Matthews movement from the nineties? Oh yes, nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. Good lord, that was that. That was the modern. That was the Beatles to us. I think it was because everybody was into Dave Matthews for a long time too. Like he, they were popular. Well, after their first, what well, that first album came out in the mid '90s, I think, didn't it? I believe that's right. Ninety under the table. Was that under the table and dreaming, or is that an? I think that was that album. I, I can't. I, I was not caught up in that, therefore I can't tell, <laughs> tell you the uh, chronology of these things. But um, I think he also fostered that by. I don't. I read one time how many like tours he did earlier on, and I don't know to, oh, to yeah. win, and yeah. just uh, gave opportunity to. Uh, perform for his fans more often than say an average band of that time at the same popularity that it was a lot of uh tours is there any music in general that and maybe you don't want to say i don't know that you just would rather not listen to like at any point in time you just would Change the channel if you could, or it's just not your thing. Mm. I've only I'm thinking think of one that you don't like, but like, is there a certain style? Because for me, I'll go ahead and I'll volunteer first. Go ahead. I'm not big into um, loud screaming type music. I don't like that. Like I call it angry white man music or white boy music because that's the people I know that listen to it. Death metal, but that's not just death metal. There's other ones too. One of the one of the, my acquaintances at work again, she likes that kind of stuff, and it's just not my thing. I don't. It doesn't sound musical to me. It sounds like noise. I don't want to sound like an old man, but that's it's just. I just don't get it. Like I get, I can feel the drive behind some of them, you know, because there's a lot of rhythm and stuff like that at first. Yeah, but then when it just gets into just the yelling, I just mm, it's not it's not my thing. 
Like music is, I guess I don't like stuff that's on the, the heavier it gets, depending on my mood, the le- the less I like it. Now that's not to say I like sit around and listen to flute solos constantly or anything right. like that. But I mean, I will listen to a good piano concerto or something, but I, I don't know. I just screaming loud, angry white guy music. I, I'm not into. <laughs> I'd say there's several genres that I don't, you know, my, my go-to basics are, uh, the nineties, which were my college years. So that's probably the reason for that. I'm not going to be so uppity to say, Oh, these are the most superior because I, I find that to be the case for everybody of any generation you meet of someone, they have a, usually a lock of time that they have fallen in love with. And I'm, bet you i have read once that people talk about how music has an impression on you as a young teen or early teen but not so much those years for me but definitely the college years and so that kind of comes into that 90s block of music and i'd play those channels and those things pretty often because they are going to play more that i like than not mm-hmm. and i mean i don't want to get into like just preferences like taste preferences of music i I meant to follow it up with maybe I don't like that because it elicits that anger in me or I don't know. I just, I don't. Yeah, you don't need me, the tempo increase. Yes. I don't, I don't, well, I just don't need the yelling and it just seems like, I don't know. It just seems like violent and I don't, it just, it doesn't elicit a good response and it doesn't, it's not pleasing and it doesn't, it's, it doesn't give me any sort of joy to listen to it. So I just, I just, that's the only, only type of music I really don't care for. I like a lot of other stuff, weird stuff, not weird stuff. I like poppy stuff. I'm not necessarily one of these people who has to, and we're talking about, this is just talking about preferences. Like I don't have to be a deep dive, although I do like some deep cuts on certain albums, but that screaming angry white dude music is what I, I don't know. I don't can't think of a band. I don't know that cause, because I just don't know, you know, but my brother liked it for a while, a death metal. And I know, like I said, another person who likes it. Um, I just, so I don't know any of those groups. All I just know, I just tell them to turn that off. I'm like, turn that off. I don't want to hear that. I, I do I walk know by somebody this. with a blaring in their ear. I'm like, how do you live listening to that in your ear constantly? Uh, there's, there's, I mean, many people could probably list this much longer than I, but, um, as you age, I, I, I hope we all get to know ourselves better and we learn to self evaluate and learn what we're at, what we are and what we're not and what we want to be and what we don't want to be. And one of the things I know I am is I am very, very, um, uh, I don't know, have a negative opinion of things I don't like within music. Like I would rather be in a, a long road trip with someone and not listen to anything than listen to groups, bands, songs, whatever that I do not like. It, it's like a torture session for me. Like it's something that, you know, I can bear certain temperature things or I can bear, I'm going to go on a three hour run or something, but I, 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 <laughs> I cannot, yes. cannot be subject to something like I need to be the DJ, not because I'm a control freak because I don't feel like I am. And maybe somebody's going to say, well, this is an example of where you are, but and maybe I am. And when it comes to music, that's my thing is, I, need, I mean, I will you know consider your taste and things, but I want to have some influence on that because it's, it's not just like, oh, it's a song I don't like. It's like, yeah, because it's a phonic thing. Like it's, well, that too, but it's also affecting your, it's affecting you. It's not just, it's not like, okay. 
they're with the clothes they're wearing. Like you can just look away from them. Right. Like, okay, that's uncomfortable to you. I don't have to deal with it. It's but essential. The music to, does uh, putting a smell in the car. Essentially, yes. Uh, analogy. It's be the like, same. Yes, and that's what we're talking I, I about. I kind of like the smell yes. of Chihuahua poop. Eh, I, I, <laughs> not only do I not like it, but I can't tolerate it. Right. Uh, and yes, exactly. Yeah, because that's what we're talking about. Is how the music affects us. It elicits some sort of response. And bad music, people can't take the take it I mean, you know so that's that's very understandable and i think you what and about I are like sensitive to that in a similar way because we talk about our uh, sensitivities to good recordings bad recordings and this uh, my daughter uh eight was in a little uh like a theater camp and they had a production as part of their last day i guess that's what they were working on or one of the things they were working on all week and i remember watching it because it's your child and you're not watching it thinking oh this is going to be hamilton or anything but oh i think it was shot meaning uh because of the whole lockdown we couldn't be there to see it which you know usual protocol with these things now for crowds but it was going to be live stream on uh, facebook and you could even rewatch it at your leisure if you want i'll send you the link for the youtube but you will throw whatever you're watching it into your pool <laughs> because <laughs> i'm pretty sure it was shot from an iphone and there was no attempt to pipe in the sound. So it's like you were saying, and I brought you up oh, while the sequence. wife and I were watching him like, you know, I'm pretty sure this has been proven and or in professional world. We can tolerate because the visual wasn't great because, again, it was shot by an iPad or iPhone. And I may be wrong. It might have been a camera, but that's what it looked like. And it was just so bad sound. It wasn't like it was too loud or it actually it. it was just like you couldn't understand they were singing as you would in these things and i couldn't tell you but maybe three words of the entire <laughs> production now for the purpose of what this is is watching your children perform it was great it was it was fun to watch but it's like i can't hear any of these things and we had it just cranked up and you're getting that yeah. because we've got it turned so loud and you're just getting this muffled you know children singing muffled sound and it's like, it sounds fantastic oh yeah <laughs> And I'm thinking, oh, Eddie would not handle this because I'm on the verge. <laughs> well, ever since, and I've, I, that was one of those things where an educated person told me something, and I was like, oh, that definitely proves I definitely see that happening with me every single day of my life. Like a buddy of mine went to um, a good university for um, recording industry and just uh, media in general. What's mm -hmm. that? Masscom and all that. Right. And he says one of the first things they teach you in some of those classes is. Um, editing and just production in general is people will not suffer bad sound as long as they will anything else. If there's bad sound, the worse it is, the less, the shorter time they'll tolerate it and quality sound quality and all of that is something that people, even if they don't realize it, they will not tolerate for long. And when that's pointed out, I think of examples, they're like, yep, yep, yep. Because if you think you pay all the money that it costs to go to a movie and you let's just say that the track for whatever reason that something's wrong with their sound system whatever that'll drive you insane because you can follow like a drive-in movie theater i haven't been in a long time i imagine they're much better now just based on like the home projection things that i see which are impeccable by the way now compared to what they used to be it used to be like sort of a soft focus version of the movie yeah. and you you're getting the visual gist of that but this if the sound is sketchy oh me mm -hmm. it it's just a bad experience i the sound was always awful at drive-in theaters to me but 
I never Speaker hanging in the window. Yeah, I never understood everybody's allure for drive-ins. Like, I don't. I guess that's it. Holds true because they didn't last. I mean, they go now. I think it's more of a. Oh, this is different than anything else we can do. Right. So they're coming back a little, but I think that's just out of like a nostalgic thing. Um, but like, it's just hot and people stupid leave their lights on. And like these modern cars, if they're running, if you don't know how to turn your running lights off, right. um, then they're on and you can see them in your mirror. Mm-hmm. And you're running on you know, my pet peeves right now when I pull they, into someplace to wait to get into work or wherever I'm at and mm-hmm. it's dark. Turn your lights off. And I'm, I'm thinking, like, what or you if just your foot's said. on the brake, like that brake light, right. the car in front of you is going to be shining. I was like, get your foot off the brake. And they're so it's much like, brighter yeah. now than they were before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't stand. I'll be sitting at a, like say a Jersey Mike's or whatever, or like Sonic restaurant. Where you're going to be in? Yeah, car. Any, yeah. People are sitting, or well, in the Sonic, I can understand people are eating in their car, and, and people are just you know. But like you said, know. they don't know how to turn off those lights that are on. You're like you're you're. Or like, they just don't turn them off. Right. Like I've sat in a Jersey Mike's before and had to turn around after giving evil looks out into the parking lot of a dude just parked there with his headlights on, shining into the restaurant. You know, it's like turn them off. Or like I've been. Um, at a drive-through somewhere, and a car like waiting on its order, like backed into a spot, shining their bright lights into the at the drive-through window. It's like turn those off. Why can't you turn them off? And uh, but yeah, that's that's part of it. People just don't think. That's just not considered and loud and and they're loud music when they come to the. Dr- I just want to say this real quick while we're talking about mm-hmm. irritating things. When you um go to a drive-through to get your McDonald's, your prescription, your dry cleaning, whatever your bank. Turn your head and face the microphone when you're speaking and turn off your radio. Yeah. And that's all I have to say about Make that. Make an attempt to communicate. When you turn your head away from it, a 90 degrees away from it or 180 degrees away from it, don't get angry when they ask you to repeat yourself. And they often do not pick up uh, other <laughs> seats in the car for the same exact reason. Yes. Passenger. I don't know why men are afraid to talk in the drive-thru, but I, they are, it seems. I don't understand it either. You, there's a sudden muteness that happens. I see it at at pharmacies. I see it at McDonald's. I see it especially at Starbucks. Like I guess somebody's leaning the, over and yelling from the passenger Yeah, seat. the girlfriends and the wife or the daughters either ordering out of the back window or yelling, leaning over, yelling. It's like, dudes, God, you're making, you just... Come on, dudes. There's a dra- drive-through anxiety. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Or they don't want to be there anyway, and they're just, hey, okay, we'll go, but you're going to order it. <laughs> and there's some people that master it. Like, some people I hear, whether they're male or female, from the passenger seat excellently. Now, I don't want to encourage it. But, <laughs> no. But when they're in the driver's seat, it's like, wow, I wish I could have you give everyone lessons. Right, like you know, and and like the headlights. If you purchase the vehicle that <laughs> is uh, running via diesel, you you're aware that you you mm-hmm. barely can have a conversation inside the vehicle or standing beside the vehicle. Turn it off. Don't expect electronics to be able to pick up your voice over that. Mm-hmm. And you know, I get it. There are people who talk to each other driving tanks and airplanes. <laughs> But McDonald's and Starbucks and CVS and, you know, whoever's dry cleaning, they don't purchase those types of sound systems. No, they do not have the cutting edge audio <laughs> devices. Yeah, so turn that diesel off. Might sound good going down the road. And also, if you've got a nice LS, maybe with some Flowmasters, I like the sound of that. And so does everybody else around you, or, well, those of us who have taste. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure the clerk... 
getting your McNugget order would ask you to turn that down or turn it off. I'm so picturing a bit. drag racing tree, you know, like the uh, yellow, green, and red lights mm-hmm. that signify <laughs> the beginning of a race should also be because it's like a staging area at the drive throughs yeah. And yeah, yeah, I was about to say, and while we're talking about, while our, right now everyone knows what social distancing is, mm-hmm. if you have one of these vehicles, social distance all the time. Leave at least another vehicle space. If you can't turn it off, right. leave another vehicle space between you, which I know in colder climates, the diesels, you don't want to turn them off and on a lot. Or I've never owned one, but right. that's what I hear. Yeah, these are the things you should think about before your car purchase, your drive through. This is a thought, supposed to be a thought provoking show. That's so right. Right now it's provoking us. You might want to think. Now maybe you can think about it. I've known some people that did not measure their garage <laughs> and then they realized that on the way home with the new vehicle going, boy, I really sure hope it fits. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I think most of our vehicles fit in the garage, the garage, but we don't keep but one of them in there. But I have a pickup truck and it doesn't fit. Like just a normal sized pickup truck. Too long. It's too long. Yeah. Like it. Well, I have shelves. If I took the shelves down and then got the bumper right up on it, and I have a slightly oversized garage for the late nineties. But it, yeah, it's too uh, it's too long. That's the other thing. There are different eras in which homes are being built where apparently cars, one, you could say cars were smaller depending on when, when mm-hmm. in time this was, and versus also the, the, quote, necessity of a garage, kind of like the necessity of living rooms and all these things that vary from one decade to another. And homes is like, yeah, this was built with, uh, we just wanted to say it's a garage, but that's going to be hard to get in and out of the vehicle. That's something we're talking about sound, too, is garage door openers. I have one that you can't hear. Like, it's fantastic. Everybody comments on it like, wow, that's quiet. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of slow. Um, but it's, I remember back in the day when I was at my friend's houses, you hear that garage door. That was a good warning. Oh, crap. <laughs> that's why I don't <laughs> use what a lot of people who've been to my house would be like, why don't you have a studio set up for recording in the bonus room? I'm like, well, it's right above the garage, which means the garage doors. And Burr. yeah, that's pretty much the sound that's going to be coming through because the motor is right below the floor. Well, speaking of sounds, I have the animal in here with me today, and I think he can hear some people have gotten here, Uh-oh. or maybe my wife's working from home fixing her lunch, because he doesn't get up to many things, but if he hears something that sounds like he could eat it, or somebody new in the house... He's ready um, to investigate. It affects him, like, yes, more than the music affects us, so I better go see what's going on. Anything else to add to it or no, last minute? No, just uh, wanted to ramble on as we do with the miracle of how just vibrations can affect your mood, whether that's your mm-hmm. favorite uh, workout song or your favorite lullaby, if you will. I mean, there's one we didn't even touch on. The, just the idea of singing babies to sleep or playing mm-hmm. like the little automated timer thing that uh, babies get to sleep. Even in, in literally in infancy, sounds can be more or less pleasing and you want to talk about something negative and we'll touch this whenever we do misophonia and that's a baby crying um oh yeah and i think that that's, affects everyone yes because that's it's mm. i think that's by design because in in the world of existence yeah, we I should so we should not leave a child unattended so that's kind of like the reminder of hey i'm hungry hey i'm dirty i'm mm-hmm. wet you know i need some attention and that's just the, and if the parents ignoring it the other people are like get your baby <laughs> right, whether it was right. a, whether back when we were like gorillas or when we're like people now <laughs> stuff and i think parents get that way too like they get used to it and like the kids are acting up at restaurants and like they don't hear it at least as much as the people 
who that's not their children, like everybody looking at the table. And then that kind of like, I think that's another learned thing. Like, it's so like, okay, well now I'm embarrassed. These people are hearing it. So now I'll make the kid shut up or give it what it needs or whatever it is. This is a perfect example of how, what could be an irritating sound may not always be because I've had older people. It, well, it may to- not be negative. Like it, it it's it, in the end may, because just because it's irritating doesn't mean it, it may create a positive thing, right? Though. So, in the yeah, case exactly. of memories, is where I'm going because I've had. I remember with the birth and having our first child, we were assured by multiple people at our church. Now, you know, when they cry, don't freak out and don't be like rushing to fly to here. You're not bothering people. And so many old older folks, I meaning like their kids were grown and gone by this point. I mean, to them, I think it's a reminder of when they had their kids and or it, it just kind of been a church thing. It's a reminder of growth that you don't just have yeah. a building full of old people like, oh, there's young families here and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's strange uh, or interesting rather as to how what could be an alarming sound, which kind of goes back to its intent, can also conjure up the other thing that music does. And that is memory of positive things. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like music or just noises, like different sounds and things. Like I'm, I'm sure, like maybe you could or couldn't. Like you know, the sound it could be the sound of a small block Chevy versus an LS reminds you of different points in your childhood, and just engine maybe an engine sound versus what cars sound like now, or a crow. All of it has something to do. Yeah, birds for sure. Like when I hear either a blackbird or a crow, it reminds me of walking home in the fall um, from the bus. And this reminds me of a cold, rainy fall day. I guess we had a bunch of them in the woods back there. I just remember that sound. And it even almost elicits a smell, I remember, of those woods, too. I, can, I, I, hear. I hear crows. It reminds me of deer hunting, and that was something I used to really enjoy. So are they around more in the fall? Because it reminds me of the fall, too. Because you just said deer hunting. That's in the winter, actually. So. I don't know if it's just the fact I that I think, it tends to I be haven't quiet. Heard any, and so I noticed yeah, maybe. it then. But I, haven't, I don't hear any in the summer. I think maybe the the overwhelming sound of the songbirds, which tend to make the more songbird, yeah, and the summer in general. Right, there's bugs yeah, and right. all the other things. It's, yeah. it's just quieter usually in the winter, but they send. Oh yeah, they seem to stand out. The cicadas, I think they're part of the country this year. Yeah, I thought someone had told something. me that. Meaning our area was going to be visited, but that's mm, one. people think it is. It's going to be West Virginia and above, ah. maybe Upper East Tennessee, but not. <laughs> The southeast. Tune in next time for our cicada forecast. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, let's go see who's who's uh who's in the living room. All right, man. We'll talk to you next time. Have a good one. Yep. Seen a bunch of rundown new horse towns where the church is the backbone, loves and the plow, and the five string melodies grooving.